Smith goes for the shot in the back of the net. Keep your eye on goal of the day. That's got to be a contender early on. He takes the right for the shot. Oh my goodness me! And you would, as a Crawley fan, begin to believe the three points are yours. It's the best night of Crawley Town's lives. And there may be more to come. Hello and welcome to the Street Red podcast, episode number 22, where we dive into Crawley's performance against Stevenage and debate whether Crawley can still reach the playoffs. Plus, we'll have Broadfield Buzz and a transfer window roundup. So yes, welcome to the Straight Red podcast. And Ewan, I feel a little bit uneasy because we're not in the same location where we usually are, are we? Uh, no, um, uh, just to let everybody know, the, the quality of the recording might not be as good today because we are recording in Jonathan's car because I forgot the work office keys. Um, this, could, this could be rubbish. Well, ho- hopefully not so. Hopefully you'll get something out of this. Shall we? Are you sitting comfortably? Shall we Shall we get ready to go? Let's get things underway. So it's nice and uh, rainy and windy outside, but fortunately we're slightly protected from that inside the car, Ewan. And shall we begin where we begin all of our podcasts with the feedback of episode 21? It's been a long, long time. It's been a long time, but let's be fair, not a lot has actually happened. So really quickly, the feedback, we'll just absolutely fly through this because there wasn't much, to be honest. Um, but it was all good. Um, another good, honest listen. Enjoyed it very much. Keep up the good work. Another great and informative listen. Well done, lads. Um, on Facebook, we had a cracking poll with a great review of the weekend's game. We don't have long reviews very often, but I know we did in the last episode. Um, and Augustus Love said, I have to agree with Jonathan on Glenn Morris. Um, but more than made up for a few slight errors. I can't see Ferguson fitting into this system. I hope Panuche Kamara is staying. We'll come on to that a bit later with the update of the Stevenage game as well. And Peter Bellamy said, I've stopped buying the match day programme. <laughs> um, I'm may- maybe a bit harsh on reflection in the last episode on how bad the programme was. But Peter said, I gave the new look a couple of issues to try and then gave up. If you look at other programmes they produce, they are all non-league. Um, and that was the feedback. I've got one correction as well. One correction from the last episode it was picked up on. I said wrongly that the Wasps plays their games at Oakwood. They don't. They are, of course, at East Grinstead every Sunday league games for the Wasps. So apologies to the Wasps. East Grinstead, not Oakwood. And and that's the feedback for episode one. Nice and short. I think a lot of people will be very happy that it's been a short round up there. So shall we move on to then the fixture reviews? Quite a few games have passed since our last podcast because it's been, well, nearly a, a month, unfortunately, since we last recorded. So there's quite a few games to whittle through, but we'll focus on, on yesterday's game, the most recent one, which was Stevenage. So just to recap the past six games, there's been three draws, two wins and only one loss. Yeah, I mean, it, it's that that's good on paper. What I think people might be a bit frustrated with will be the number of draws we're getting. Uh, 14 draws, which is the second most in the league. And two of those in the last four games, nil-nil draws against Salford City and um, Carlisle United. Of course, one of those at home, one of those away. You were at the Carlisle game. I wasn't. Do you know what I was doing um, at the Carlisle game? No. I was setting up prams and building (laughs) a wall of nappies. That's my life. Uh, Yes, in preparation for... The the new Dunlop. Yeah, Dunlop number three in our household. But hey, um, the Carlisle game, was it as bad as the nil-nil draw sort of suggested? Um, it There wasn't anything memorable. And if anything, um, I dare draw links to, to the recent game against Stevenage as well. It was kind of a, a lacklustre performance, not to give anything away from, from the recent game in our 
um, opinions on it. But yeah, a bit of a lacklustre performance. Um, it could have gone either way, to be honest. Uh, Crawley were sort of battling against um, harsh weather conditions. Um, there were moments for, for either team to take it. And, and in the end, to be honest, Crawley did very well to, to battle hard for that one point that they earned. It, it could have gone in favour of Carlisle, to be honest, near the end. So really, they deserve the one point. And I suppose all of these draws that Crawley are getting may be indicative of the style of play that John Yems is wanting to go for. He's said on many an occasion that um, if you can't get the three points, then play for the one point. He d- doesn't want to get no points and, and lose a game. So possibly that's a, a reason for all of these draws happening. And uh, yesterday, back into winning ways, three points at home against Stevenage. Um, and let's, in, in the build-up to the game, I'll be perfectly honest, right? I find it at the moment quite hard to get excited about going to watch the football on a Saturday. And the reason being is, for me, it feels like the season is kind of over. No more cup games, no more excitement, really. Um, 11 points off the playoffs, 13 or 14 points off the drop. It's middle of the table. I just find it hard to get excited. Don't know about yourself. Well, I don't think you're the only one who's not been excited because I looked at the South Terrace yesterday and when there's holes in the South Terrace, you know that the attendance is pretty poor because that's always the first time that will pack up and where all the uh, the loud vocal supporters for Crawley Town usually stand. And yeah, there was a massive gap behind the goal there. And well, I mean, it wasn't the lowest attendance of the season. I think it was just over 2,200 or so. And I believe the lowest attendance is what, like 1,900-ish or something? I believe. And a good good numbers travelling from Stevenage, though. It was just under 2,000 home fans. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more just between ourselves on can we get promoted? But let's focus on the game itself. First of all, Palmer wasn't in the match day squad. And I, I asked a few people around the ground yesterday. Nobody knew whether he was... I've got got to assume he's injured. He was on the ga- He was on the pitch before the game. He was doing some sort of sponsors presentation. He looked fine and happy, walking fine as well. So it must just be we were playing Stevenage at home. He's maybe got a slight knock and just being careful because we we're all not guaranteed to win the game. But it was it was a solid three pointer for us. Yeah, bottom of the table, lost their past six games. Maybe resting him as well. He's played five, quite a few games recently, and obviously Yems is aware of that great solid partnership with Nadison and Palmer. Does he want to just protect his, his star man a little bit? I did think Madison Palmer relationship up front was really missed yesterday. Um, yes, Crawley did win the game inevitably, but I still think it was really, really missed. Yeah, definitely. And um, consequences of the game and an injury for Bloomfield. He did have two chances, Nadison, to play with two separate strikers. Now, the game itself, first 15 minutes, not too bad a game. Um, great noise from both sets of fans, really going nicely, end-to-end stuff. Um, and fairly even, to be honest, you wouldn't have said Stevenage in the opening 15-20 minutes looked like a team that were eight points off the drop at the bottom of League Two. But uh, that is, of course, the situation. After Bez's goal, well-taken goal by Bez. It sort of came, fell out the air from nowhere, took on the half volley, off the post, and it looked beautiful to watch from, from our angle as well. Um, so nice for him to get his goal. I thought that was the, the only good thing he did in the game. Am I being really harsh? Um, I do think Bez did did do a bit of attackive work up front, but drawing back to the whole Nadison-Palmer relationship, Nadison um, was playing in balls or expecting balls to be played in him, into him at certain points. And the link-up play with Bloomfield, um, Bez Labala as well, just wasn't there. It was, 
is it's that lack of communication it's kind of that sixth sense of of what palmer and allison have they know where someone else is going to be they know where they can play the ball to that other person they, that they will get on the end of it that just wasn't there for these three players yeah i thought nalison was great yesterday some great runs and some good crosses in as well a couple of times he sent a nice cross in from the left hand side reese grego cox is he either too short or his legs weren't long enough to reach them, unfortunately? And I think he was kind of looking for Palmer in there. Of course, he wasn't there, but that's the kind of play he was looking to get on the end of. Bloomfield, good chance for him to get a good game under his belt. Didn't happen. Missed an absolute sitter from, what, eight, nine yards? One-on-one yeah. on one with the keeper. And I think he had another second chance as well, which he's not sort of meant to bury, but um, he had a good strike from about 20 yards out that went over the top of the crossbar as well. Missed his opportunities, and with with um, Ricky German coming on and doing so well in the second forty-five, Bloomfield now fourth choice striker. He's got to be um, really struggling for game time now. In yeah, the red shirt. it's really hard to see it from their perspective though, because he hasn't had that much of a game time, and now he's got his sort of one chance in in a few games, and he hasn't really capitalised on it. And I do feel kind of sorry for him because it it is like it's very hard to be able to perform in that one chance you get, but. Unfortunately, that is football, isn't it? You've got to take your chances when they come. There was a lot of pressure on him to do well in those 45. Uh, will he get another chance? We will find out in the upcoming, what, 11 games left of the season. Um, i going to mention um, Danny Borman still running like an absolute <laughs> machine. I, I Go back to uh, Bez very quickly. How he got man of the match, I've absolutely no idea. For me, it was either sort of totally clever had a good game. Danny Borman, absolute diamond in the middle as well. Um Ricky German, if he had played 90 minutes, he could have got man of the match as well. He's, 40, mm. he's, he's, he's 45, I think we're absolute class, hitting the post, a couple of good chances. Um, and he just looks like a, a strong attack. He had a lot of fight in him, looked lovely. Jack Powell as well on in the second half. I thought he looked quite good as well. Don't see too much of him, obviously, coming back from loan as well. Um, one thing got to mention, the pitch. Mm. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it, it's the first thing you see, isn't it? It's, do you know what? Financially... I think it was an incentive to have the Brighton women playing at the club. And I think the under-23s are still playing games here as well. Are the Brighton under-23 boys still I, playing? I haven't heard any confirmation of that but, or not. Um, that, that must be over 40 games or so already at, at this start, well, since the start of the season. The pitch at the start of the season, well, this is like an absolute dream, like a carpet. It's just getting worse and worse. Brighton played Man United on it um, a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, and it was on telly. And it just looked awful. Yeah. Um, oh, I suppose they might need some, you know, those lamps you can stick over the pitch, help the, help the pitch grow. What I believe was Brighton put in a hundred grand at the start of the season to renovate the pitch and put new um, sort of the, the, the drainage in. But I don't think what I, from what I've heard is they don't put any more money in during the season to maintain it. They just put a, help us put a new one in at the start of the season. So maybe that ar arrangement has to change slightly. Um, end of the game. So, so happy for Ashley Addison to get the goal that he deserved. And it really put the icing on the cake. It, it, let's be honest, it was a game lacking in quality, um, especially in the final third and in the box. But it was a truly deserved second goal for Crawley and Ashley and Addison. The thing I love about it most when Ashley does well is his mum on Twitter. <laughs> it's Number all, one mum. It's it's well done, honey. Well done, love. Really played of you, son. It's just really nice to see. It's just it's sort of warm and heartening. So well done, Ashley. And um, thanks to his mum as well for providing some entertainment on Twitter as well. But all in all, I think 2-0 was a deserved result. Crawley were the better team. But for them to reach seventh place in the playoffs, you've got to be doing better than that. Yeah, very much so. And that, that final goal from Nadison. 
uh, really did sort of relieve some pressure that was being built up in those um, final few minutes. It was end-to-end action. It was a really exciting end to the game for what was majority, uh, or the majority of the match was a um, pretty poor game in terms of excitement. Um, it was really sad from my point of view to see Crawley doing the whole kind of like time-wasting tactics, dancing, prancing around, trying to milk as much as they can out of any sort of thing that was potentially going to go their way. And then for them to start open up in those final three or four minutes and, and obviously then get the goal was very nice. And I think that's how Crawley should look to end every game. They shouldn't look to try and squeeze out a result in those final few minutes and, and sort of clinch onto it. Because if anything, I think they just add more pressure to themselves. Definitely. And that put up um, Crawley into 12th place. And that goal by Nadison actually put Crawley on a positive goal difference. So we're, uh, we're now plus, not you can plus say that. one on goals for Crawley. 12th in the table, so just in the bottom of the top half, 44 points. Um, if we look up the table, 7th place Northampton are on 55 points, as are Port Vale in 8th, as are Colchester in 6th. So 11 points off 6th place, so two places into the playoff places. Um, there are 11 games left this season. Can Crawley reach 7th place? I feel like answering this question, we're going to jinx our... Um, our possibility of doing it i'm going to be optimistic and based on the recent running form say yes mathematically of course it is absolutely possible um i think at the last 11 games we've got to at least win seven i don't think we can afford to lose another one uh, with 11 points and so many teams in that area rather there's 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 what there's four teams 50 plus points three of them on 55 um Cheltenham on a good run of form now i think they're away and sort of solidified their place in the playoffs maybe bradford chasing on 51 but uh, was it two wins two draws and a loss out of the last five that's fine for crawley 12th place in the league would be um would it be success this season for Crawley to finish 12th? It would definitely be progress, but would it be successful, would you say, considering the cup, the cup runs as well? I think progress is correct. For success, I would say above 10th for it to be, for me, counted as success. Yeah, I think 14th is our top uh, result in League 2 the last few seasons. But hey, let's have a look then. So that's what's happened yesterday over the last month or so, where we are in the league table. Just a couple of stats I want to point out for you, okay? (laughs) You're usually sat opposite me. You're sat next to me. I'm going to cover my screen here. So we know unbeaten, um, Crawley at home, unbeaten in 8 now, 1-3, drawn 5. However, we haven't won away. This frightens me. I'll just check it twice. We haven't won away since the 24th of August. 15 away games. 2019. Wow. It's it's nuts, isn't it? That is. Um, And one more for you. Um, I I think this is a... I couldn't believe this either. I had to check it twice. When was the last time? How many games ago did we have the higher percentage of possession? You'd think it was. You'd think it was probably quite even, like two or three games, four or five games. Um, the last are we time talking we talking like last year, sometime. No, nah, not quite. Oh, okay. Yeah, how many games? Last time we had Eight. the most possession Go in a game. Games. Sixteen games. <laughs> Fleetwood on the first of December. Wow. Sixteen games since we last had the most possession in a game. Again, that is the BBC stats. All right, so take it with a pinch of salt. <laughs> Yeah, the biased uh, broadcasting We, we can yeah. only go with the, the information we're given. So that is what's happened. Um, Jonathan, let's have a look at what's coming up fixtures-wise. Yeah, but quickly before we do, one one other question based upon the, these performances, if I may. 
yesterday when I walked out the ground, couldn't help but notice the the jubilant atmosphere of, of all the fans chanting outside. And it just made me think, it was only, what, a couple of months ago that um, the fans were gathering fairly frustratedly, maybe a few angry fans as well, around Zaya Erin and, and, and his team saying, we're not happy with this. The atmosphere is pretty, pretty dull, pretty horrible to be around. And now it's a rather stark contrast to that. Do you think Zaya has made uh, the right decision here with changing managers to, to John Yams? I think it was absolutely undoubtedly the correct decision to change manager. I, to be honest, I don't think it mattered what manager it was because um, nobody was expecting John Yams. We've said that in a previous podcast, but just a change was necessary most definitely. That change has been made and there has been progress since um since he's taken charge. I think there was a stat we had in like two episodes ago where we said Gabriel Choffey's last ten games in charge he got four points and John Yem's first ten charge he got like fourteen, fifteen. So undoubtedly massive change. And you're absolutely right. After the game yesterday outside reception, there was a the big group of like maybe thirty, forty lads um, was it the scumbags? I don't know. It might have been. <laughs> I know there is this group. I think it might have been them. But they make, make an absolutely great noise, not being sort of bad or boisterous about it, but just in jovial good spirits. Really nice to see. And you don't see that very often at Crawley after a game outside. No, not at all. It really does sort of uh, wind my mind back to the um, cha- uh, conference days when we when we sort of were... Dare I? I mean, I don't want to... <laughs> But that was the last time I remember any yeah, sort of fans yeah. uh, vocally expressing their, their joy towards Definitely. it. I know this season has nothing compared to that conference season whatsoever. But That's it, not what we're trying to do. But and so whoever those guys were, absolutely keep it up. Because it, it did lift the atmosphere after a poor game. Yes, it was three points, but it was a poor game. But um, it was, that was really nice to see. So, games coming up, Jonathan. Yes, so games coming up. We're going to look at the next four games for Crawley. So first up, this coming Saturday, Crawley are away to Exeter, who I believe are the last team who beat Crawley at home in the league. Oh, that's interesting. So that, that, Good that, work. That's where, that's where their run goes back to in November. And they're third in the league, Exeter, as well. Lost yesterday, um, but they've only lost seven this season. They've lost... only lost the, the, the second least games they've lost. They've lost seven. Only Cheltenham Town have lost less with six. So going to be a very tough game. I don't think, based on that stat right there, it doesn't look like Crawley are going to be breaking that away duck uh, next week. Though recently, um, Northampton this weekend did beat them two goals to nil. Um, so, I mean, like anything in, in League Two, I suppose, if if you've got the luck of... the. The, the, the day and Absolutely. if everything goes your way you, anyone can beat anyone you know we're coming off the back of the win we're coming they're coming off the back of a loss who knows every, every bad run's got to end eventually so maybe i'm completely wrong and we will absolutely thrash exeter i'm then gonna go for a draw for that game i will go i would be very happy with a draw then we've got oldham who are currently sitting 19th on the table um the last four games have been loss loss draw draw and that game is at home again you, you've got to say that's got to be three points for yep. you three points for me port vale away saturday the 14th of march they are currently sitting in eighth place oh they're one place outside the playoffs that was a live reaction to the <laughs> <laughs> so they're in eighth place they are the game that's so the Oldham and Port Vale, absolute must-wins. If we get a draw against Exeter, beat Oldham, beat Port Vale, then we're getting closer. Then we've got Newport County at home as well on the 17th of March. And Newport that's going to be a tough one because that's a Tuesday night under floodlights. And, I mean, Newport haven't had the best run in form recently, but the South Wales side has always put up a fight against Bloody Crawley. Bloody Newport. 
bloody, <laughs> bloody Newport. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go for a win for that, though, but for me, a draw against Port Vale. So three wins and a draw, and we continue that march towards um, the dotted line above seventh place in the league table. Yeah, so... We'll see whether those predictions uh, come right come our next podcast. I mean, it will be a, we'll be in a great position if, if they are, right? It would be. I reckon if we win three and draw one, we're, we're within five points of the playoffs. Let's do it. Right, let's move on to a transfer window roundup. Ewan, it's the 23rd of February when we're recording <laughs> this. Transfer window ended ages ago. What, why are we still talking about I knew, it? I knew you were going to say that. Um, but I did promise in episode 21 we'll bring you up to speed. And to be fair, not a lot happened after the last episode. There is one in, one extended and one out. So just to bring you fully up to date, like we said we were, the in... I'm going to read this from the website. Crawley Town Football Club are delighted to announce the signing of Manny Adebowale on a two and a half year deal from Eastbourne. Eastbourne again. Two and a half years. Born in Stratford, Adebowale started his career with West Ham United before joining then League One side Sheffield United on a two year scholarship in the summer of 2013. So Adebowale, I can't even say it. We've got to commentate on him as well. Um, Two and a half, that's quite a long time, isn't it? Two and a half year deal. It is, yeah. So he's in. One that has been extended, striker Brian Gallack has today seen his loan spell with National League side Billericay Town extended again for a further month until the end of February. Gallack, 18-year-old, made two substitute appearances for the Reds and scored a hat-trick in our Sussex Senior Cup tie against Lansing in the third round. And one player going out um, just on loan is winger Giuliano Van Velzen joined National League side Aldershot Town on a one-month loan. That will be coming to an end now because this news is so old. Um, but he joined the Reds in the summer. I really don't see the point in one-month loans at all. If it gets them three or four 90-minute games under their belts, I suppose, if they're, if they're playing, of course. He made five League and Cup appearances for the Reds so far this season, uh, four of which come off the bench. So he's only had one start for the Reds. So I think anywhere to get some suppose, game time, yeah. to be honest. And um, there's, one, there's one other bit of ex-Reds um, transfer news I thought you might like to know. Don Polion has signed for Dover on loan from Newport County. Mm. So his career goes from... Um, <laughs> glamorous to even more glamorous. Mm. And uh, that's it. So that is officially up to date with the transfer window. Coming up next, a fairly short Broadfield buzz. So yes, we're on to Broadfield buzz now. And Ewan, this is usually one of the longer sections of the podcast, but today may be slightly shorter. I do have a few things myself to add, so maybe that will help to uh, to bulk it out. But I'll go for it. It's, it's your section. You know, um, you know when you're watching Sky Sports News sometimes, and you know, they're, they're really struggling for news. <laughs> so they spend three hours trying to decide whether, um, let's say, Paul Pogba was was or wasn't inside a car that maybe went to a training ground in Europe. <laughs> um, that's how I feel right now, trying to squeeze some news out of Broadfield Buzz. But we do have some. I know it was a long time ago, but we did have a fans forum. Yes, a couple of yes. Da- literally, I think it was a day and a half after our last podcast. But uh, for those that weren't there, let's bring you up to speed, okay? Because we did learn a few things. Not much, but we did learn a few things. It was quite a quite a placid fans forum, to be honest. Zaya, Erdem and Nukem were in attendance, as was um, John Yems at the top table. So what did we learn from the France Forum? First of all, first talking point, Jonathan, John Yem's three-year contract. Madness. Yeah, I think this confused <laughs> every fan I spoke to about it. No no fan that I ever spoke to. I mean, I didn't speak to all the fans, obviously, but the fans I did speak to were 
confused as to why this was given. Um, maybe 18 months at the most, but three years? That, that That's a lot of commitment. It's I mean, it shows that the club... Trust what he's <laughs> Well, haven't learned, but also maybe trust what he's he's bringing. He had, he's had 10 games. Yeah. 10 <laughs> games and you get a three-year contract. It is bizarre. And it was almost a bit awkward because when it was announced by Erdem, there was almost like a sort of subdued, confused clap. Like, oh, well, well done, <laughs> but hang on. We haven't seen this guy perform enough. Um, but the, there you go. It's three years. Um, so... Uh, Fingers crossed. You know what? I hope he does. Of course, we all hope he does well and we keep on improving. That's great. What concerns me is we've been down this road before. And like you said, give him 18 months. Maybe he maybe he was offered 18 months and refused it and he negotiated three years. Maybe we, just didn't, maybe we didn't just sort of throw three years on a plate and say, go on, have it. Um, so we don't know what's on in the background. It just seems a long time, three years. Um, I think it's not uncommon now to have, to have managers on like one-year extensions and things. Or maybe it should be more common, especially in this scenario. But hey, he, he's doing okay at the moment. I, I really like John Yems, but... I wouldn't invite him round for Christmas. You wouldn't? No. He's a bit of a... I've never seen him laugh. I mean, I get that. He's got to be serious in the changing room. I, I, I do wish he would sort of lighten up a little bit sometimes. Give us a smile, John. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, he does say it how it is, doesn't he, really? So I'm surprised that he hasn't given us a bit more of a smile. I suppose yeah. it is quite a stark contrast to Smiley Gabby, who was quite positive all Maybe the time. Maybe it's just the contrast, yeah. Um, but again, like you said, he calls a spade a spade. I love his um, conferences afterwards, but I think just sometimes, just nice to see a bit of light, a bit of humour, maybe. Um, I asked, I asked five questions at the forum. I think I asked the most questions. But I was asking on behalf of other people as well. So we tried to find out in the last episode, what do people do? Because everybody's got new job titles. Erdem did give a response. Now, I wasn't expecting to break it down into what their day-to-day duties were, but he gave a brief overview. He's doing sort of off the pitch. Um... Uh, sort of was it, was it on? Not sure what Nookham does still, but have a look at the forum. Um, if if it's, if you haven't watched it yet, it was a bit of a roundabout answer to the question, um, but it seems like they're all doing a bit of everything. To be honest, um, Kelly's dismissal was queried, and I think we'll understand that might come to light later. So that's one of the questions Zaya Erin uh, did answer, um, and I think he, there, there's things going on in the background. We might find out. Sooner or later, if not, then we'll, we'll keep you up to date as best we can. Um, one thing I do love about forums, <coughs> bear in mind a forum is a Q&A, okay? Questions and answers. There's always one, sometimes two, that get the microphone. I just want to give their opinion for three or four <laughs> minutes. No question whatsoever at the end. Just, here's my opinion on our recent form. Here's my idea of tactics. Um, and I, I, I felt a bit bad afterwards, but I did shout, ask a question. <laughs> and, not, and at the end, it was, uh, uh, well, um, what, what's, uh, what's our tactics going forward? But if you go into a Q&A, ask a question. Don't this waste is what a podcast time. is for. Exactly. There, there's 65, 70 people in that room. If you spend three minutes just giving your opinion on something that nobody gives a toss about, you've wasted a hot, uh, three hours of people's lives combined there. So don't do it. Um, scoreboard. Who knows? I mean gone very quiet on the situation hasn't yeah it? i mean it, i think zai got a little bit heated when he was asked about the scoreboard he seemed to he's got that sort of um Im- impression comes across maybe he wasn't maybe that's just him but i, I the w- the way we understand it is he didn't he had no idea that there was a 25k installation cost therefore he feels a bit aggrieved to pay that when it wasn't he wasn't kept in the loop about that and um, so there is a 25k installation cost 
Hong Kong Paul has bought the scoreboard. I think it might even be here by now, being kept in storage somewhere. It was definitely on its way over during the um, the forum. So it might be here, but we can't afford... Well, we can afford, I think, but he just doesn't want to spend that money putting uh, a scoreboard up. One fan, one fan, right, pledged 10 grand towards helping that 25k yeah. cost. That is nuts, isn't it? It is. I mean, I, th- is. I think I'm a fairly good Crawley fan. I'm not in that league. Maybe it's just, well, I mean, obviously you've got, you've got to have the money to do it, of course. But um, I thought that was absolutely incredible. It puts it in perspective, though, about, you know, Zaya Aaron, who has all of this money. And I presume this fan would not have as much money. Otherwise, absolutely, they would probably yeah. be Crawley mm-hmm. owner. But if they're willing to give that much, then why? I mean, I know Zaya's probably doing it out of principle. But, I mean, come on. I, just d- I think it does come down to principle. It. Yeah, it definitely comes down to principle, I think, yeah. Because um, there's no question about whatsoever whether we can afford it. Because it's a lot more in that per month anyway. Um the training ground on top of the scoreboard. Training ground not happening, pretty much. Is that 100% confirmed? Yeah, yeah, I think it was sort of like, went around about it, but yeah, it's it's a couple of million quid. If he's not going to spend 25 grand, or he's aggrieved, sorry, to put 25 grand into putting the scoreboard up, I doubt he's going to put a million or two into um, a training ground. So uh, that's dead in the water. Um, one, th- one piece of advice I would give to anybody going to a forum, don't get into a debate with the manager, in this case, John Yems, on things like pass percentages um, and tactics. Because he will embarrass you and or you're going to embarrass yourself. <laughs> Don't The reason he's sat there and we are so opposite him is because he's a manager and we are not. No matter how much experience you've got teaching at your kids' level or maybe at a counter level or something, do not go toe-to-toe or attempt to go toe-to-toe with a professional football manager. You will be beaten comfortably. Um, and the final thing, chips, right? So go on. Q&A. Every fan has different priorities. Mm-hmm. And one fan at the end, I thought it was a completely valid question, just wanted to know, are there chips coming back to the tea bars? All right? <laughs> fair fair <laughs> yeah, question, fair, okay? Because that is important to some people. It is important to him. Um, I felt it was really unfair, the stick he got online afterwards. People were saying, why are you wasting people's time asking about chips? Right? I disagree with that. I think it's completely entitled to ask whatever you want. Um, and he asked it very politely as well. Didn't didn't ask it like a piss-taking way. Just ask it politely. By the way, um, any news on getting chips back in the tea bars? Because they've been taken away since... Um, Catering. Uh, Tillgate yeah, Bakery. Uh, Tillgate Bakery took over. The, the answer is, for information, um, I believe that because it's sort of like uh, such young people working in there, I think it's like 16, can't be, can't be below 16, can it? Or 16-year-olds, they can't, not allowed to work around fat fryers. Right, I okay. believe is the situation. But, um, yeah, I think it was unjustified criticism of asking for chips, especially when you've got somebody going toe-to-toe on pass percentages and somebody else giving five minutes' worth of opinion. There were p- other people there worthy of a lot more criticism than that. I, di- I asked, when is a bit of bully coming back? Everybody's second favourite Crawley podcast. What were the reactions like? This was... The- Erdem answered. Yeah. This was four weeks ago he answered. He said, it's next week, mate. <laughs> so three weeks ago. Yeah. So three weeks ago, um, I, can't, I can't see it happening, to be honest. They, are, they haven't got the resources. Because I asked as well, with all the job changes and people leaving, are people being replaced? And it's pretty much no. People are just going to have to take on a little bit more. Um, I think they're trying to get some apprentices in, i.e. free workers, yeah, free labor, to do um, labor. marketing and bits and pieces like that to help Tom out. Because he is under the cosh at the moment, working two full-time jobs. Um and so that is what we, we pretty much did learn. You can go and watch the whole thing if you want to, but not there wasn't that much going on, to be honest. It wasn't like the previous ones. So that's what we did learn. I'll tell you what we didn't learn from the forum. What Gnookum's voice sounds like. 
Did you not speak? Didn't say a word. Wow. Yeah. Did anyone direct a question directly at him? No. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even know if he speaks English, to be honest. So um, we're ne- let to yet to know that. So that was the forum. Dragged that out, didn't I? Yeah, good, good to, job. Just trying well to fill some time. Um, the match day programme, I've got on my notes here. Oh, I just got next. I've got new match day program. Still shit, is what I've got. Um, and I felt on reflection, maybe I was too harsh last time because they're no, they're trying. It's just not very good. But since then, other fans have told us you and you are absolutely right. It is rubbish. Um, and even at yesterday's game, no yeah. change, no improvement. We've been asked to there's to, there's to re-air f- it. Five pages of content, yeah, and even there, retro reds is okay, and the, the content is I think it was must be what's stipulated by the football league's got to be in there. Um, but one thing that made me laugh, they do a I think Tom Allman does this. It's the sort of little Q and A with the player, um, just general questions, and it was Panuche Kamara's turn yesterday, and he was asked a question. Listen to this. What is your earliest footballing memory? Mine, mine, for example, I remember when I was about five um, in our back garden doing keepy-uppies against the wall below our kitchen window. About five years old, I mm-hmm. think. I can't remember how many I got. Earliest footballing memory, Pruchi Kamara said, winning the under-18s championship in League Two in Portugal. <laughs> Under-18s. Is he on a knock on the head? <laughs> he might just be plugging his maybe only victory of winning something. Maybe. maybe. Um, right, let's leave that programme there. New social media. Well, last week, or last episode, we spoke about the new three new channels on, or three now channels on Facebook for Crawley fans. And there's a new young lad. I, I haven't got his name yet, but he is a new kid doing Crawley Town vlogs. Okay, we've had one previously. Mm-hmm. Joseph. Joseph has gone into um, semi-retirement. Okay. Okay. Because he put a video out a little while ago saying he's going to retirement for a little while. But somebody's taken his place. You have you have got to go on YouTube and type in CTFC fans vlogs. This kid is so funny. He <laughs> I, I don't know how intentional the, the humour is, but it is brilliant. He does videos in two different ways. Sometimes he just goes to a game and, and sort of live vlog, so it's a picture of him. But check out the Scunthorpe um, vlog he did. It is hilarious. Basically, he filmed it all and then put on the words and annotate it after the game. He's a little comedian. He's really, really good. I won't, I won't tell you sort of the things that he mentions in there, but go on YouTube, CTFC, Fans Vlogs, <laughs> and specifically, look at the Scunthorpe game. It's great. Um, my last bit in um, Brought to a Buzz, okay? Just a couple of stats, because whenever I'm on Twitter, there's a couple of really good accounts that often give stats. One of the best is D3, D4 football. They are also um, a League 1, League 2, um, um, what is this called? A podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And and a website as well. And they give some really good stats. So I'm going to read two of theirs, which is highest average shots per game in League 2. Okay? Yeah. Average shots. So, Crawley started the season. We were shooting all over the bloody place. Then it went a bit quiet. It's picked up a bit recently. Top of League Two is Crawley Town. Is this just generally shots, not even shots on target? It it just says shots per game. Average shots. doesn't have to be on target. Okay. And I'll tell you why it's not on target, because I've got another stat in a minute that's going to tell you it's not on target. (laughs) But highest shots per game is Crawley at 15.7. Second place is Crew, 14.5. Then also on 14 and 13, Oldham, Plymouth, Mansfield, Forest Green. But Crawley, top of the shots average in League Two for the season so far. And this is how you will know it's not shots on target. Because I've also got here 
most shots in League Two by players, okay? Mm -hmm. This is by, I'm going to cover my screen. You might have seen it. I think you've seen it. I'm going to cover my screen with my hand there. Yeah, don't ask me to guess. Okay, have you seen it? <laughs> uh, most shots in League Two. Ollie Palmer is in seventh place on 69 shots. Okay. okay? Third place, Owen Doyle on 75 shots. Second place, Nathan Thomas on 87 shots. Mm -hmm. And top of the League Two shots league table is Bez Labala on 132. <laughs> almost, well, but yeah, nearly double, well, almost double second Oli Palmer. Pl second place is 87, Nathan Thomas. Bez Labala, 132 shots so far this season. Um, I, I dread to think of the on-target percentages, <laughs> but he's having a go. Was it 11, 11th goal yesterday? 12th? 11th goal? Yeah. Something like that. Um, and also, final one to uh, end Broadwood Buzz in this little stats section. Teams in Europe that have got multiple players in double figures for goals. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through. Liverpool, I've got Salah and Mane. Well, they were the big boys. Barcelona, I've got Suarez and Messi. Um, who else have we got? Paris Saint-Germain, I've got Mbappé, Neymar. Um, Man City, I've got Aguero and Sterling. Crawley, Palmer and Labala. <laughs> what? There's only eight teams in this, doubling up in U in the top four leagues in all of Europe. Crawley are alongside Liverpool, Barcelona, Man City, Inter Milan, Paris Saint-Germain, some ridiculous teams. Um, so Crawley are doing some things absolutely right, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, if you... If you try and get a shot away and try and test the keeper, at the end of the day, some of them are going to go in, aren't they? So, I mean, yeah, they're doing the right things. So I have a few things go to on. add to Broadford Buzz. First thing, I thought it was definitely worth mentioning, Crawley Wasps, who obviously we, we love to support here on the podcast, they recently won the Sussex Women's Challenge Cup for the first time in their history. 4-3 on penalties. It was one all after extra time versus Chichester City. So that, that's a cracking thing for, for the Wasps, Wasps to do. And just to reiterate, if you're a Crawley Town season ticket holder, you can get down to all of the Crawley Wasps games for free on your season ticket. And, um, well, they're, they're still trying to challenge for getting up to uh, to the next league, which they're, they're doing very well at. And that, I believe, if they get promoted, will be the league under the uh, Super League. Women's whatever. Super League? Yep. I believe so. So second fantastic. tier, which will be fantastic. Wish We wish them all the best from Straight Red. Yes. You've got another bit, haven't you? Yes. My final thing for Broadfield Buzz, it's kind of a proposal for a new section. I don't know whether it can be classed as a new section or Have not. Have we discussed this in private, Jonathan? No, no. but I thought I'd you openly would have, you discuss would have it. You're going to this on me live on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, it's kind of a section for today at least anyway. I don't okay. think we can call it a section because it's too short. But I thought we'd have a star fan. Or Ooh. star fans and and give them a shout out. I like that. Yeah, and and have give you got them, one. Yeah, so oh. I've got two star fans. I don't You're have breaking that. the rules on day one. <laughs> star fan or fans? They come as a group. They come as a pair. Yeah, I like it. I so love it. I love Alex it. and Paul came all the way from Australia. No, they didn't. To watch the Reds yesterday against oh, Stevenage, and I think that is crack. That's got to be our furthest supporters away who have actually come to a match. I think we've got fans in Germany, and I've got a funny feeling we've got some in Netherlands as well, like a little group that come to watch a game. Brazil as well. They have a Twitter account. Yeah, whether they come to live games, I don't know. That is nuts. Yeah, that have is. we got any more information on them? No, but I think we need to find out. If anyone has any information on this, we need to follow up next podcast. But here is a trumpet fanfare for them.
So yes, we'll get that played better next time. <laughs> Li- live from inside Jonathan's car. <laughs> I like it. Brilliant. Yeah, a lovely section. That if you want to nominate people for that, I think we should let people nominate with them yes, as well. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll just try and find somebody. Um, no, very good. Let's try and find some more information on them. Thank, thank God it wasn't a nil-nil draw. Yeah. Imagine that. That would have been poor. Fair play, boys. And that is the end of Broadfield Buzz. Yeah. Ewan, we're coming up to the final section added time of this podcast and we haven't even hit the uh, 40 minute mark obviously i've got to do some editing as well but it's a nice and short one i think people are going to be absolutely delighted (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it's just there as a result of not too much going on no sort of no no dramas no sackings um no social media outrages it's just to be honest it's quite nice standard yeah just just plodding along isn't it um but otherwise we couldn't sort of leave it another couple of weeks we had to get something in because you're so busy and i'm so busy um, right, added time. Only got two things. The first one um, is a little bit about what we do. You may or may not know, Jonathan and I, we provide the AD or audio descriptive commentary on match days for our visually impaired supporters at the People's Pension Stadium. And for the last year and a half or two years, it's been just literally me and Jonathan. We do a lot of games together, but sometimes we do the games solo. And for some reason, we're um, off doing other things. So it's nice to mention that we have got three new members of the AD team, which is Cameron, Simon and Josh, who are going to be joining us. Or, well, if, if they are available to do commentary, we can just watch matches like fans again which would be <laughs> nice because it is quite hard to concentrate on what's actually going on when you're being so descriptive about what's happening so um, welcome to Cameron, Simon and Josh thanks for joining us um, and if you do use the service you'll be hearing their voices very soon and finally we always finish on GH Coaches and Crawley have had some long away games recently and f- uh, we say it so many times but massive credit to anybody that goes to those massively far games like Salford's quite far away as well and next to this coming weekend absolutely yeah we I think we are the, one of the most travelled teams in the country. Um, so coming up, the Exeter City game on the 29th is filling up. There are just 10 seats remaining as of this morning, that is. So please book on as soon as possible. Um, if it's necessary, they will see if they can get a second coach, but it's never guaranteed. Leaving the stadium at 7.30, 20 quid, as ever, includes a, a buffet lunch. Other games coming up. And there's only five games, away games coming up after that. Port Vale on the 14th of March and Swindon on the 21st of March, both Saturdays. Port Vale leaves at 7.30am. Swindon, a pretty close one, leaves at 11.30. But So no buffet stop at the um, the Swindon one because you get you there in an hour, or a couple of hours, aren't you? It's not too far away at all. So um, get on the GH Coaches website or get in touch with Pat or um, anybody at the game. They're always available in Red Spa before. And I think after sometimes as well. So um, definitely get involved in that. And... Jonathan, that is added time. This is our shortest episode in a long time. Ho- hopefully it's not lacking too much quality. No, hopefully not. Well, we'll see from the feedback what, what what's going on. But yes, I, I think, well, I think you should probably get back to your dogs in your car that are sat next to us uh, at, at some point because uh, they might be a little bit lonely. Let's be honest, this does look a bit dodgy, isn't it? <laughs> Basically, Steamy car. We, we are, we've got two cars next to each other. We're about sat in Jonathan's car. And we're the only ones in the car park. Um, the windows are all steaming up. This looks really weird. <laughs> and I, I really want to get out, to be honest. Yes. Well, let's um, let's cut this uh, where it is um, coming to an end now then. And um, we'll say goodbye to you all. Um, thanks very much for listening to another episode of the Straight Red Podcast. Of course, it would not be anything without all of you uh, listening to it. Um, so thank you very much. And from you and myself, we'll hopefully see you uh, in the not-so-distant future. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.